From the Medical Republic, I'm Francine Crimmins. This is The Tea Room. A year on from the start of the COVID pandemic, it's hard to remember just how panicked everyone was at the thought of a new mystery virus sweeping from country to country. Now, COVID is just another part of daily life for millions of people. This episode, Felicity Nelson casts our minds back to initial government responses to COVID and the uncertainty which drove some very weird and pretty laughable public health directives. Felicity is a journalist for the Medical Republic who writes the daily humour column called The Back Page. Hello, thanks for having me. So as the pandemic was taking off at the start of 2020, what made you look so closely at some of the local and national government responses around the world? So I originally put the story together because I figured that when the entire world is dealing with exactly the same mega crisis, there are bound to be some government COVID policies that are a little bit more on the cookie side. And so I put a shout out on Facebook to see if any of my international friends had spotted any of this kind of uh, weird government responses to COVID. And I was not disappointed. Okay, so let's cut to the chase. Tell me about the one sex buddy policy in the Netherlands. So the Netherlands is a country known for its risque red light district and cannabis cafes. And so it's not surprising that the government took to doling out COVID safe sex advice with some refreshing candor. Last year, singles looking to hook up during the pandemic were advised to stick to one sex buddy at a time on a government-affiliated website. There are two Dutch words for sex buddy, sex buddy, which sounds pretty similar, and then knuffelmarcher, which literally means someone to cuddle with, which I think is very sweet. So eventually this government-affiliated website walked back the statement because it had started to be misinterpreted as encouragement to find a sex buddy. And the COVID safe sex advice also got a little kinky in New York City as well. Is that right? So I came across this one as a random tweet, which read, the New York City Department of Health encouraging glory holes was not something on my 2020 bingo card. I started Googling glory holes and COVID, which would normally not be safe for work, but we have interesting jobs here at the Medical Republic. Uh, And it turns out that this Twitter comment was referring to a three-page document released by the New York City Health Department, which detailed inventive ways to have sex without catching coronavirus. Make it a little kinky, New York City Health suggested. Be creative with sexual positions and physical barriers like walls uh, that allow sexual contact while preventing close face-to-face contact. For sex workers, the New York City Health Department recommends sexy Zoom parties or chat rooms And it also advised wearing a mask during sex. But 2020 was also a year where the government tried to quickly invent rules to enforce social distancing. The communications of this was sometimes a little bit wobbly and we saw some really great faffs that went along with this in government presses all the time. But a good example in the UK was the government scotch egg rule. Can you explain that to us? Yeah, so I found out about this one just the other day because I was chatting to a friend who uh, escaped the UK and is now living in Australia, but they were there during the lockdowns last year. And what they said was that the government in the UK introduced this rule whereby you could have a drink at a pub, but only if you also had a substantial meal. So this came to be called the Scotch Egg Rule because one of the ministers got on the radio and started talking about what was a substantial meal. And they said, yeah, a Scotch egg, that's a substantial meal. I'm not going to go through all the ins and outs of which food is uh, 
substantial and which one's not, but definitely a Scotch egg. Um, and so, you know, if you don't live in the UK, you might not know what a Scotch egg is, but it's basically just an egg that's surrounded by sausage meat and then breadcrumbs. And so that was taken kind of the wrong way by some people in England who decided to do pub crawls and just have a pint and a Scotch egg at every pub that they went to, which is obviously not not the best thing if you're trying to uh, encourage people to, you know, not socialise. Treatments for COVID were also another hot topic of debate, but it was curious to see alternative medicine, which, big caveat, it doesn't work, getting serious government backing throughout last year. What were the some of the worst that you saw, Felicity? Yeah, so last year, China's health ministry and state media were promoting traditional Chinese medicine, including herbal granules and teas, as the mainstay treatment of COVID, even though, as you say, there's no evidence that these treatments help at all. The state administration of traditional Chinese medicine lists a certain type of granule which contains 12 herbs, uh, such as honeysuckle, mint and licorice, as an effective treatment for the deadly pandemic strain of coronavirus, which little concerning. The Indian government was also at one point talking about homeopathy and naturopathy as immune boosters that can protect people against COVID. And it made a whole series of official PDFs on the topic that were really quite strange to read. And we also saw the Indonesian health minister being criticised internationally for relying on the power of prayer as a core government strategy to fight COVID. The Indonesian government also got into a pickle after its agriculture minister claimed that eucalyptus necklaces could kill COVID. And let's not forget how the Indian government also gave itself a deadline of August 2020 for the first homegrown COVID vaccine. You know, a little unrealistic in retrospect, given that we're only getting the first vaccines in Australia now. And who could forget the time President Donald Trump suggested in a briefing at the White House that researchers examine the use of ultraviolet light and disinfectant to clear COVID from the lungs. So drinking bleach is a common method that people use when they want to kill themselves. So not great health advice. Trump was not alone in expressing some science and logic free ideas about COVID. So in March last year, we saw the president and dictator of Belarus quoted in the media saying that the best way to beat COVID was by drinking plenty of vodka and driving tractors around. Yeah, that really sounds like something that Alexander Lyshenko would say. And the other one that we've been going back and forth on is... The idea of surface transmission of COVID, it now looks like services are much less important than we first thought, and the focus is mainly on aerosol. At the start, people did think that surfaces were a major cause of transmission. That's right, and a year ago, governments weren't taking any chances, with many of them using chemical warfare in the streets to try and fight COVID. An army of trucks carrying cannons and firing disinfectant into the streets of Wuhan in China was probably one of the strangest sites of the 2020 pandemic. But it's a strategy that's been picked up around the globe with Tehran, Manila, Abu Dhabi, all spraying disinfectants in public places in an effort to contain COVID. A Russian city also repurposed jet engines to disinfect streets. I also just remember all those photos in China at the start of the pandemic, or probably around this time last year, where you know, people were going out to do their shopping and all of their pets had PPE on, which was actually rather cute, like dogs in little masks and full plastic bags over their cats and things. Aww. It was uh, one of a kind. How, do we mi- how did I miss that? That's, that's cute. <laughs> so now that we know that, you know, this theatre of cleaning is a complete waste of effort, although it still happens in many places, including Australia, 
But if we look at in May last year, the WHO said that disinfecting large outdoor areas such as streets or markets was ineffective against COVID. And that's because dirt inactivates the disinfectant and and streets and sidewalks are not considered as routes of infection for COVID anyway. To make matters worse, spraying disinfectants could cause eye, respiratory or skin irritation or damage, the World Health Organization started to warn countries. But Felicity, among all these weird and wacky government responses to COVID, do you have a favourite before we go? So this one I thought was very sweet. A Japanese theme park banned screaming on its roller coasters in an effort to reduce the spread of COVID. The theme park's famous roller coaster is two kilometres long with a top speed of 130 kilometres per hour and a 70 metre drop along the way. In response to comments from the public that staying quiet on such a ride was impossible, the theme park actually released a video of two executives riding with masks with an immovable deadpan expression, which was uh, probably my favourite video of the whole pandemic. Yeah, and with so much going on in the world, going to theme parks and taking a roller coaster as well, just it seems like one of the few things that probably doesn't need great regulation. There's probably bigger fish to fry. I like that they tried, though. Felicity, thank you for your time. My pleasure.